Welcome to the Abundant Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Welton. I'm a speaker, consultant, and thought leader here at Abundance.io. In this podcast, you'll discover your strengths, find turnkey business models, and get expert guidance for life's biggest financial moments, where we have trained and consulted over 35,000 entrepreneurs on how to start their first online business, and we've helped existing business owners start their second and third stream of income. You can learn more at Abundance.io, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the Abundant Leap Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode here at the Abundance.io podcast. We are here in Salt Lake at The Hive with my good friend Sam and his whole door-to-door con crew. It's good to see you, my man. How you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, bro. We met at uh, office hours with David Meltzer last year and, I mean, just bonded immediately. We have so many, like... We were like soul brothers. Like, we even look like we could be brothers. (laughs) I agree. I actually, when I walked on stage, um, I had made that joke of like, hey, I'm... You know, Sam's uglier brother that nobody knows because he's better at marketing than I am. <laughs> Love that. And people were like, kind of like, what? Like, they, they took it for a second. Um, but yeah, there were just so many things that we were talking about, just like kind of right out of the gate about, you know, we're both fathers building big companies, but still get out and have fun and do extreme sports. And like, just, you know, we were talking about, there's no really balancing act to that. It's just like going all in and being just like committed to those things and just like, being able to balance those priorities. Like I just respect him so much for that. And like, I've seen him be such a leader in this industry and bring so many people together. And uh, I'm just really inspired by what you do, man. So I'm glad to be out here. Thank you. And I'm inspired by you, man. And your golf swing. We played golf last night. He's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got to sneak one in. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I didn't know that you golf. We didn't talk about it the first time. And then on your Instagram a couple of days ago, I saw you guys golf and I was like, I'm going to bring my clubs salt lake but then i'm going to vcon after this i was like oh it's gonna be a lot to pack those around so i'm glad we got uh yeah. got to sneak one in Perfect. and you're you play golf just like you do everything else you don't think about it you just swing hard and freaking just go you just go <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that's the thing like i think too many people you know it's like i get up this morning we get up like 5 5 30 and you know i walk out and d's and f and hot tub at like six i'm like what are you doing she's like i don't know they'll like hot tub i was like okay you want to go on a hike <laughs> go on a hike <laughs> We got work at it. And like, I think too often, like people are afraid just to do things that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, I'm feeling like we should golf. I'm feeling like we should do this thing. I feel like we should go to Egypt. Like whatever the thing is, like, just go. Just go. We spend so much time or wasting time thinking about it, analyzing it. Oh, do I really want to do this? Like when you start doing it, that actually combats anxiety and stress because when you sit around thinking about all the things you need to do or that you want to do, you just end up wasting so much time and get overwhelmed instead of just like, okay, this is what needs to happen and I'm just going to do it. Yep. Yep. So you've built this amazing company and you've integrated your business vertically in so many different ways. It's like extremely impressive where you were a master at door-to-door sales and then you decided to build this giant conference and now you have your coaching and your boot camps and your trips and your leadership and like you know people talk about creating multiple streams of income and for most people they think oh i gotta go out and start like a real estate business and then i gotta go out and start like an exotic car rental business and then i gotta go it's like those are all things that you have to learn and like you're gonna fail at those you don't have that expertise so the way that you did it with your superpower has allowed you to excel in so many different ways without having to relearn it. And I, and I think that's a very important uh, lesson for most entrepreneurs to learn. It's like, don't go out and try to recreate the wheel somewhere. It's like, just 
duplicate what you know and double down on it. Yeah. And I know it wasn't always like that for you. Tell us about, let's go back to when you were first getting into entrepreneurship and kind of where this whole thing really started. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship is a journey and those that are thinking about it or just starting, like, I want to give you guys hope and faith as I kind of tell you mine. Um, I think, you know, some context, I grew up around entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur and he went through the entrepreneur roller coaster, made a ton of money, lost a ton of money, started big companies like OGO to little ones that never worked, like the bike walk pump thing that he could never get his margins to his right place. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I remember him telling me, don't, don't do what I did. And he was like, you know, go work for a big company like IBM or Google and just be there for 20 years and work you up the ladder. And, you know, I didn't take his advice, <laughs> so, but he Thank scared God he didn't, but he scared me into it enough to where I waited till I was about in 27, 28 to really start my own company. And I did sales since I was 11 though. And I think a lot of companies that start, they forget sales are an important piece of a business, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was a door. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. It sounds like if you can't get a customer, it doesn't matter how, how smart you are, how badass your product is. Like, I mean, in case in point, Jordan P Peterson came to door to work on us last year mm -hmm. and he's a philosopher. And he's like, I asked him about, you know, what's your take on sales? What's your door to door? Like, and he goes, I started a test and then we couldn't sell it. So then I was trying to pay the sales guys 10%. He's like, I ended up having to pay the sales guys 70% because I couldn't freaking know how to sell it. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't realize how important sales was. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's a lubricant of society. Yep. And so I did door-to-door -door sales since I was 11. When I was 13, I actually started my first business as the gutterman. I had 11 of my friends working for me. And uh, then when I was 18, so 2008, I shipped out and started doing alarm sales um, and did that through end of 15 almost. And I was like, well... I could, you know, I was kind of at a transition and I then got into solar and was the VP of sales of a solar company. Everybody's asking me like, why don't you start your own? Why don't you start your own? You're really good at sales. And I, I wanted to plug myself next to somebody that I knew was really good at business. So being the VP, I got to sit in the boardroom. I get to see all the backend controller, how the pay software worked and all that stuff, which was a two year good learning experience where, yeah, maybe I could have made more money on a margin scale doing it myself. But what I learned was a lot more of the business side of things where before I was a sales regional or a manager where I didn't have access to having to structure everything. Like where I had to develop technology, but I had a tech team. I had to develop pay structures, but I, I had a payroll yeah. back in accounting team. I didn't have to sit there and look at spreadsheets. I'm like, this is what I want to pay my guys. And they would do it. Mm -hmm. And so that two years was a really cool learning experience for me. Um, and then I kind of got forced into this. Like I... I wanted to throw a conference. I was, I, I didn't want to, I was sitting on a rock in a desert for three days, fasting and meditating. And, and if you don't take time to slow down that, like when everybody talked about like, how do you do it all? Like half of it is practicing doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Like there's some real lesson there. And Big time. you know, when you're doing so much and we travel to a different country, basically every effing month and we do all sorts of cool stuff, but there's also a practice of sitting and so I, I, I've incorporated that quarterly into my practice. And um, anyway, so we go and I get this call to be like, you need to throw this event called Door to Door Con. And I was like, what? And I was like, no, 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 it's not going to work. But for the next three, four weeks after that, I just couldn't leave my head. Like it was like, do this thing. So finally I was like, all right, never been to a conference, never hosted a conference. Yeah. I'm going to now do this conference thing. And 
we launched it and you know, got a lot of friction. Like everybody's like, no, I'm not sending my people to that. There's no way. I'm still the VP of another company, a competitor of theirs. And so come like December, I was like, I can't serve two masters. Like I, I, like if people are going to actually show up to this, I can't be a competitor of theirs. Mm-hmm. And the mission was to unify, up-level, bring honor and integrity to this industry because it's full of just scarcity. It's full of backbiting. It's playing an I win, you lose game. And I felt like we needed to shift. And so the mission was pure. It was how do you get people on board with it? And anyway, so we, we it kind of forced me to quit. And the VP was, or the owner was like, well, we'll see you in a couple months. Like, right. what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like... He's like, uh, good, good luck, kid. Yeah, good luck. Like, and, I, and it kind of put a chip on my shoulder. I was like, dude, I've freaking gone to bat for you for two years. And that's how you, and like the president was like, yeah, good luck, man. I'm supporting you all the way. Like he shows up, he's there, he speaks. And the owner was just like, yeah, I've seen you a couple months. Like, this is stupid. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're distracted. And, you know, nobody thought it was going to work, which for me, when you put me in a corner like that, that's when I get like, fiery. Yep. And my team, my guys know, like, I'm pretty chill, dude. But, like, when you start putting me in a corner, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll go to battle. And uh, anyway, so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Like, I didn't, you know, and then we didn't make money on the first event. So, it's like, you know, we're sitting there like, okay, now what? Um, but that's kind of how I got, I got started. But there was a big challenge that was happening at that point because you had announced it. You're like, I'm, I'm nervous going into this space. It's a new thing for me. And then there's like a competitor or something, right? That like yeah. started a whole nother thing that was trying to. So it's a lot of challenge. Like when you set out with a mission, the adversary knows that. Yep. And so you, the bigger the mission, the bigger the pull. And you need to realize that. And so if you have this desire to be something great, you've got to sift through the mud. And so the week of the event, we had about, so it's about a week prior to the event. We had like 300 tickets sold. And negative, I don't know, 30, 40 grand, maybe 50 grand. And I'm trying to do this thing on a budget. It's not like I'm like, have any funds to like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like fund this thing. I had some money because I'd done good at sales and stuff, but like, I didn't wanna like lose money. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to start a business and be like, I lost money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I get a call Monday and it was the old regional that I'd worked for at Vivint. And he was like, hey, just wanna give you a heads up, you know, figure I'd give you a warning. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, same time as your event, same place down the hall, we're actually throwing an event ourselves at Vivint, and we're going to do Grant Cardone will come in, Todd Peter, the owner's going to speak, and it's free. You should send all your people to our event. Like, why would I do that? Why don't you just bring them and have them speak at our event? Like, we're already doing an event. It's like, no, no, we're not going to do that. We want to recruit. We want to, this our event. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this real? Like, and I hang up. I was like, and I called a managers and i was like hey is this a thing like do you know if something going on this weekend with a big keynote like no yeah okay it's a joke and then they call me back in two hours and they're like dude is this what you're talking about grant cardone that's messed up like that's free at the same time like what are they trying to do and i was like oh shit this thing this like, is happening this is, going this, down. this is like really happening like i don't have any grant cardone coming to my event i don't right. got no free like i'm making people pay for this like you know and i'm just like oh, i'm already losing money like this is so dumb and uh other people caught wind that had previously worked at Vivint because they were kind of the big, bad, like orange giant. It was the bully, very scarcity thinking. And they didn't ever, they didn't ever want to play ball. And I was just like, they didn't want behind it. And all of a sudden, everybody else starts to get behind me because they're like, screw them. Like, how dick move of this? Like, let's go to Sam's event and just like get behind him. What do we need to do to support? 
And so we ended up with 800 people at our first event, which wow. is pretty good for a first event. Really. Yeah, it's like three times what you were expecting. Yeah. And you had this big challenge come in that when you're rowing in the right direction, like the right people will show up. And it's like when you see those challenges, it's just the universe, God, spirit, the world saying you are going in the right direction. Like you said, you want to you want to go to that next bigger goal, like you're going to have more challenges come along the way. And that was just like, a, hey, how serious is Sam about this? And people <laughs> saw that your integrity and like you said, that unity and let's all win together. And people were vibing with that more so than you know, somebody kind of making malicious moves. And in these bigger moves, you'll see where people like their heart and their soul truly lie. You'll see a lot of things come out of the woodwork. And over the last six years of business, I've definitely seen colors come out. I've seen you know, situations where I have to make a decision where my integrity is going to stand or where my abundance versus scarcity is going to play. And it's hard when you have competitors. And so they were looking at this thing as a land grab of recruiting. I was looking at this thing as like, no, we need to better this up in industry because it has a bunch of shit thrown at it. It has a lot of bad actors. It has a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, let's fix this. Let's give door to door a better effing name. Let's go. Because I believe it's a great industry to be in. It's a great opportunity. It's a great form of selling and it's ethical if you do it right. Right. But it gets a bad rep. And so anyway, I was cool. It was halfway through the, you know, day one, Friday, Saturday, then they have their event. Half my audience leaves to go see Grant Cardone. Well, 20 minutes in, they all come back or a lot of them do. And I was like, why is everybody flooding back in? And it was during this guy's talk. So I started asking him like, dude, that was a shit show. That was terrible. Grant Cardone called this kid fat. And he said he'd kill himself. He was that fat. He starts calling Todd's wife easy, like all this stuff. And like, dude, like wild stuff that you're just like, what? They have a thing that says hashtag only vivid on the stand. That's these big printed out phone letters. And so they start a, a movement on social media where I kept screenshotting it just out of like my own like personal like happiness. But it was said hashtag only unity, meaning our whole conference starts this viral hashtag only unity where they're over here hashtag only vivid and people felt the energetic difference mm -hmm. between scarcity and abundance, like in a very easy to see contrast. Yeah. Like from walk down the hall and feel scarcity and walk down the hall and feel abundant because that's what our whole message was. Mm -hmm. It's like, come as a team, learn as a team, leave as a tribe. And we were like, how do we come together and help one another and have friendly competition instead of being malicious competition? And, you know, sales is a battlefield sometimes. You're out there in the streets and you see competitors in your effing neighborhood, like people get malicious and you see people stealing deals and you see people stealing reps and it's a battlefield. And so anyway, that come back and it just like spring loaded my wings of energy to like, okay, this is a, this is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Like this industry needs it and yeah. they need a leader to go like help this. And, you know, whatever you're an entrepreneur in, you need to not look at it as like, how do I just be so transactional? Because sometimes like the fruit of your labors might be in the consistency and the relationships because three years later, that guy spoke, the guy that threw the event spoke at my event. You know, four years later, I get a Todd Peterson phone call. Like, dude, I had never thought what you're doing would work. Proud of what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that stuff comes around once people see that like what you're doing is actually pure and good. But sometimes people won't trust that until you've shown true, consistent value and stayed consistent with your message. And it would have been easy for me to throw rocks at them during that. I didn't post one thing. I didn't screen. I, I, I was trying to mitigate some of the damages going to Vivint because like people are leaving Vivint as a company because they embarrass themselves. And I'm over here like, hey, how can I support you? Like, 
I played the high road the entire time and still try to and still think they're a great company. I just, for me, it was like, when you show up as a leader and an entrepreneur with consistent value systems, the truth will always prevail. And sometimes when you're transactional, you can fool somebody for a week, you can fool somebody for a year. But like when you go consistently over the long haul, you'll get the companies that thrive and survive. They're the ones that have a good value system and they're not just looking at things as so transactional. And this mission is much bigger than me. It's a movement. It's mm-hmm. not me. I'm just kind of creating a space for people to feel safe doing what they love, which is door to door and sales and making money and changing their life. And that was my experience at door to door con. We met, I was like, hey, how can I support you? Like, come speak at the event, come get a booth, like just come see what I'm doing. And I had had like a weird connotation with door-to-door sales guys. The only time I had somebody come there trying to sell like a Kirby vacuum to me. And this kid was just like trying to get a sale so bad. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man, come in. And he's like, um, got the vacuum out. He's doing the whole thing. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, but is all this stuff organic? Like, you know, I got kids and dogs and stuff. He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, so you would eat it? He's like, absolutely. And the dude pours the soap into his mouth and drinks some of the soap out of the freaking Kirby vacuum. I was like, bro, I'm just kidding. You'll be all right. And he was like, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to be <laughs> I was like, the commitment of, like, to his product. I was like, bro, you're going to do great in life. I don't know if it's going to be Kirby vacuums for you, but you're going to do big things. That was really my only interaction with with uh, the door-to-door industry. But then you see the guys like beat in the streets and I always like didn't really understand it. So then coming to your event and seeing the way that you helped everybody level up and like I said, bring everybody together. Like the vibes were so good there. People were so awesome. Like, the integrity was there and like, it was rad, man. It was really, really cool to see what you created and how you kept that message from the beginning consistent all the way through. And that's why you had, well, you had 800 people at your first event. And how many did you have at this last event? There's like 3,000 people six years later. And not to mention the entire floor that was filled with vendors. Yeah, 80 some vendors. Unbelievable. So I know that there were some more challenges that kind of came up from there. And I feel like when you do go all in, that's when you can really get to the level that you've been. Because at that point, it sounds like you just hit the ground running. No, I, oh, I burnt the ships. Like I had quit. Yeah. Now I got a chip on my shoulder, him saying like, I'll see you in a couple months, which then I'm like, I can't have to go back to that. Yeah, I ain't going back to that. Yeah, like I'm not going back. Like, and it was a good home. I still have a good relationship with them. I spoke at their event like a month ago. You know what I mean? It's like a keynote, which was a cool reunion, right? And uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I remember day one of DDDCon and one of the keynotes looks at me and he's like, what are you selling tomorrow? And I was like, what do you mean? What am I selling? And he's like, well, aren't, you got 800 people in a room. Aren't you going to sell them something? I was like, I wasn't planning on it, but he's like, well, what are you going to do to make money after this? And I was like, I haven't thought that far, dude. I was just trying to get ready for this definite event. I was up till midnight playing up and red lettering to the stage and shit. Like, I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even prepare my own keynote. I Like, everybody's like, Sam, you're up. I was like, oh, shit. I like meditate for like two minutes and then get up on stage. And I'm like, well, here's my keynote ad lib. Like, you know, I had just pulled to the wall trying to get to the view of the event. So he's like, well, how about this? Let's put together a mastermind. So we put together a mastermind pitched that the next day we had like seven or eight people sign up and i was like yeah, i made money so that floated me and it funded you know obviously i had some savings or whatever but like for a whole year i didn't make a paycheck i had to hire employees and when you pay a guy 60 grand a year well then that's 60 grand out of your pay that you were gonna take that you have to pay and i think a lot of people don't realize that every yeah. time you know then you get two people and you're like so i have to make plus tax 
120,000 plus, you know, all the marketing and all the equipment and all the stuff, right? Like, damn. So all the money just kept getting funneled in and I go do an onsite, they'd pay me money and it would just go right to something else. And right. I'm like, damn, <laughs> oh, am I working for free right now? And uh, it was really tempting sometimes to go back to, you know, everybody and their dogs like, Sam, when you come work for me, where are you going to like, come work here? I'll give you a million bucks. Like the temptation. Oh, yeah was very, you know, and I knew how I could make hella money doing what I used to do. But the mission was like, I'm like, I'm on a different mission. Yep. And that was always my response. They're like, dude, but you kill it. Start this. I still get text messages today. Bro, we should start an installer. We should do this. And I'm like, different mission, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that's an important that's a piece. It's a very powerful thing. When you learn to say no to these other shiny objects, where it's like there could be more money in the short term, could fulfill you in the short term. But then you're saying no the long term. And like you were seeing down the road what this could be. And it's so incredible what you've created to where now you've virtually, vir vertically integrated all of your knowledge without having to go out and start an installer deal, without having to go out and start these other businesses and real estate or whatever that you don't have, that you're not an expert in. You're like, man, now we have the mastermind. Now we have the event. Now we have the boot camp. Now we can have the sales training, but it's all under that same umbrella. So it's very easy for you to execute on. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand is they want to go out and create other streams of income outside of their, their superpower, right? Yeah. It's like their zone of, you know, incompetence. And it, that's where people fail and they get overwhelmed. And there's all these other unknowns. Like you said, it's like, well, I started the conference, but then oh, I don't have anything to sell. And then my keynote and then like getting other people in. And then what are we, when are we going to run this thing again? Right. So oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Like, oh, I have to do this next year? Yeah. Like, who are expecting it? I'm like, oh, dude, you're right. You're right. Man, I was just, I was looking right here, but that led to, that led to the next thing. So as you continued to grow that, I mean, what were some of the other big lessons that you learned after that first event that now has led you into, you know, running it? This next year will be seven years straight, right? Yeah. Um, a lot. Like, the thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to be like a Swiss army knife. And hopefully leading into your entrepreneurship journey, you built skills. Like I had sales now. Like you asked me to sell you these shoes, I'll freaking outsell vans like no other, you know what I mean? Like, um, but I didn't know marketing. Like it wasn't like I ran marketing. My marketing was door to door. It was knock on door, talk to human and close. Yeah. Right? Like that I could do. <laughs> Give me in front of somebody, bro. Yeah. But what happens when you're not in front of anybody? I'm like, oh shit, like how do I get in front of people? So I started going to events and I was like, I can get in front of people there, but they're like, you know, I start reading Russell Brunson stuff on ClickFunnels. I start reading, you know, marketing books and I start being like, okay, like I need to become a marketer. So then I became a good marketer. And it's like, you know, I remember sitting down at Gary Vee speaking at some roofing conference and he's bashing on door to door. And he's like, if you don't have a podcast and if you don't have a brand, you're an idiot. And I'm over and door to door is dying. And I was like, what do you mean, Gary? I was like, F you, bro. And I was like, anti, you know, I was like, screw you, Gary Vee. <laughs> and I go talk to him afterwards. I was like, yeah, I do door to door. I'm going to run door to door experts. He's like, yeah, yeah that's going to be dead in two years. And I was like, that's you, right? Like, you like, know, there's and another challenge. Fine. I was like, backed into a corner again. Bet. So I started a podcast. I was like, like, damn it. And I could like either eat my own humble pie and learn, or I could keep being getting kicked in the nuts. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's learn marketing. And then, you know, three years in, I realized that, um, I don't know where any money is. Like, I'm like, I have money in the bank, but I don't know what it came from. <laughs> and that's how I ran. Like my books, I went through four different bookkeepers. I hired, I had dudes steal from me. I had 
you know, guy filed my taxes, I go look at my bank account and I'm like, look, the bank statement say I had earned this million and you said I earned this million. And I was like, those numbers are very different. What do we file taxes on? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I didn't collect that, dude. Like that's not whatever to pay the tax on. And, right. you know, and you start having these conversations like, shit, maybe we should look at accounting. Like I need yeah. to learn QuickBooks, damn it. Yeah. So then you learn QuickBooks and then you learn this and then you learn that. And, and they, like, oh, a bookkeeper isn't a CPA. A CPA isn't a tax consultant. A tax consultant isn't like a family office. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, there's levels of that game. Okay. So I need enough to be deadly, is what I call it. Yeah. Let me give them enough information to be deadly so I can audit my books. I can audit my marketing. I can audit my freaking sales guys. I can audit my ops. I can audit making sure my customers are happy and I can feel like less anxiety or out of control because yep. a lot of times as an entrepreneur you're feeling like you're out of control so i needed to train and and trust the journey right like every scenario like just barely had a guy steal a couple hundred thousand dollars from me and that's not fun when you're running a business but good thing you're making enough money to where you, a couple hundred grand is not like killing you but the uh lesson i learned is i was like oh there are people that feel okay about committing fraud cool i just wouldn't have never assumed anybody that I broke bread with, gave a great job, paid, would feel justified to steal from me. Like that, what a what a piece of shit. Yeah, right? I'm going through the same thing. We talked about it yeah. yesterday. And I'm like, oh, how do we protect ourselves from this? And, you know, my billing guy comes up to me. He's like, well, my accounting course, they talk fraud, fraud, fraud. And they talk about this, they talk about that, and they beat it in our heads. And I'm like, Maybe there's something there. So I start talking to other big entrepreneurs. I'm like, it's not if somebody's stealing it from you, it's when and, and how often. And, and how much. Yeah, and how much. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I was like, that's a common thing. He's like, yeah, that's why they probably talk about it in your accounting class so much. I'm like, oh, that's just part of being an entrepreneur, maybe. And, you know, the guy gets caught red-handed and wants to commit suicide and this and that. And we're like, don't kill yourself for a couple hundred grand. Like, you know, and for us, it's like, I've been in business long enough to where it's like, I'm not losing sleep over life. And, but to some people when like big problems like this hit, they see it as like life ending or mm -hmm. devastating. So when life hits you and you get a fraud or you get this or customer cancels or whatever, you have to roll with the punches. And I think as an entrepreneur, if you don't have that thick skin and luckily I did door to door, like I'm like, yeah, kick me again. Beat me up, call the cops on me, spit on me. I don't care. Like, like <laughs> let's go. Like that's door to door, bro. <laughs> Next door, man. How many times have you been spit on? Yeah, lock. Like, I've been pushed. I've been dog-sicked on me, shotgun pulled on me, put in jail, like, handcuffed, thrown out. Like, dude, wow. I'm talking, like, you got the, all arrested the for knocking out someone's Oh, yeah. Dude. Like, I'm talking, like, all the shit you can think of times to buy two. Wow. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not as bad as, like, getting freaking... <laughs> so, like, luckily, I had my thick skin. So call yeah. that a soft skill. Where I think nobody, like, somebody leaves a W-2 job, and they're like hey, I'm making 60 grand, I want to start a business. I think one of the skills they probably never learned was getting their face kicked in and yeah. learning how to be 1099. Yeah. That's a soft skill. Like a, ten, a carnivore is very different than an herbivore. I spoke at an FN sales event two weeks ago in Arizona. 90% of the room was car sales guys. I'm like, hey guys, raise your hand if you're in car sales. Like, oh, raise your hand if you do like door-to-door -door or outbound. And like, well, a couple of people raise their hand. I'm like, my people, what's up? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So I look at them all and I said, you guys are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> and I was like, and now you're all probably going to hate me right now. But I said, the problem is you're sitting on an effing lot. And if somebody shows up to your lot, there's five of you vultures that are like, hey, who's going to get him? Okay, you guys got you, your turn. Okay, go. And that's it. But if nobody shows up to the lot, 
You're just waiting. Mm -hmm. And I said, most people, they had a normal job of waiting. Their job was when somebody told them to do something, they did it. And they're trying to do the least amount of things possible. And now all of a sudden they're expected to be an entrepreneur that no one's telling you to do shit. You got to think for yourself. And nobody's babysitting you. Nobody's pushing you to go knock more doors and call more people and close more clients and do follow up and this and this and this and study and learn and do. That's on you, bro. But you are so used to being told what to do. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, you're in course sales. Maybe you're a good closer. Maybe if I sat down in front of you, you'd have some great lines for me. But the problem is, is you only talk to three people a day. Where if you're in door-to-door sales, you're going to 100 effing doors a day. You're actually going out and hunting and you're taking people from zero to hero, meaning they're sitting on their couch watching the freaking Warriors game. And you're like, hey, I know you were never thinking about that damn vacuum, but now you're thinking about the vacuum. And they're like, well, I'm busy. I'm eating dinner. I'm like, and I know you're eating dinner, but now we're talking about vacuums. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to take it from absolute no, not even wanting this shit to now I'm sitting in your living room and selling you something. And that is a carnivore, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I think as an entrepreneur, you got to say, how do I like awaken the carnivore? How do I awaken this? Like, I need to be a hunter. And when you bring in a hunter mentality as an entrepreneur, which some of the people that start businesses never, ever have felt that. They've never been in that scenario. Now you are. And that's where I'd say practice it. Like it's a practice you have to be intentional about. And then it comes naturally with time. Big time. And you know, with over 25,000 students coming through abundance and teaching people how to start a business, how to become an entrepreneur, that's like the biggest difference between the people that become very successful and the people that don't is the people that adopt that carnivore mentality of like, I got to go out and hunt. It's like, we've shown you how much opportunity is out there. Tons. It, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I'm like, why would people steal from me? I'm like, we're living in America. Yeah. I was like, yeah, if I went to Nigeria and like somebody stole my like watch, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, you need it. Yeah. Like, we're in America, dude. Like, get off your ass. There's like so much opportunity because in one of our programs, we teach marketing for local business owners. And people are like, oh, I, I don't know any business owners. I'm like, go walk down Main Street and count how many businesses are right down there that you've probably walked into a million times. Yeah. That's your customer. They already know you. You already buy a coffee from them. You already get your hair cut by them. You already have them come to your house and fix your electrical lights. There's opportunity freaking everywhere, but they're not going to walk up and you say, hey, Sam, I need marketing from you. I need you to help me. I need you to help me with diet or, men or mental state or whatever. It's like, no, you have to go out and find those opportunities and learn to communicate. When people are like, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur. I'm like, the first thing you need to do is understand sales and communication. And more importantly, learn how to listen. Like learn how to listen. So many people wait for the next thing that they want to say. And I watch so many people talk themselves out of deals, talk themselves out of a client, talk themselves out of a relationship, talk themselves out of a marriage. You know what I mean? It's like, just sit and listen, learn to communicate. If you do that, you will grow a successful business. You will have a successful marriage. You will have successful friendships. Yeah. Like you got to learn that one core skill. And then you can go find those people that are great at marketing. You can go find those people that are great at accounting. You can go find those things. But if you're a great communicator, you're able to find those people and they'll you'll surround yourself with them so that you can go and build, you know, this this big empire that that you've built. And I think like I call it death by business cards. Everybody wants to go show their mom the new t-shirt and the logo they made and the website that they created and the business cards they've made. And they spend six months doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where's your revenue, bro? Yeah. So when I first started, it was like, I don't effing have a website. Guess what? I'm it's me. Here I am. I am my website. I am my website. I am my sales. I am my person. And I'm going to get some revenue. And that's what kept us alive. Like, I wasn't afraid to be like, well, you know, everybody, like, 
we'll call it like imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. That's ex that is the value in our company. Like that is our main principle. Like right when you come in, send it. Yeah. If like you know, we talked about like I'm spending fifty thousand dollars on this studio. Like guys, think about that. I have nine, eight or nine cameras just for this room coming in, and you know we're brand new. Like we just we retrofitted this for today. But like what um I started with was a, a, a little Canon on a refrigerator in my basement kitchen that I used, I had to open the refrigerator door and set it on the refrigerator shelf. And then I just had one of those blank white pieces of paper in the background, echoey, like I had no like and mites, like it was so bad, like so bad. I bought like one of those like Amazon lights for like 50 bucks and that was my studio. Well, I built an entire training platform that was now doing, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars every month, but the first probably two, three hundred thousand dollars of sales was based on videos of me in my basement kitchen of a crappy mic, but I was solving a need. Yep. And everybody has these fancy videographers and teams and editors and all this shit. I was sending it to some dirt dude in Serbia that was four dollars an hour, still with me today. It's not four bucks an hour anymore, but he would edit them. I'd film them. I didn't know I was a camera guy. I was like, all right, start videos, right? And it was that me taking action and just getting out there and not being afraid to be like, look bad. That is what people actually resonated with. People yep. were like, I love that he just does it. Cause I was like, it's not about the look. It's about what am I giving? And am I giving them value? I'm like, don't care what it looks like. Did this blow your mind? Well, yes. Okay, cool. Are you willing to pay for it? Yes. Cool. Let's talk now. I literally went back and looked at some of my first marketing videos that I had on YouTube. I was like talking about SEO back in like 2015. And yeah, it was terrible i had my little like apple headphones plugged in it's like kind of crackly and like in my you know living room when i was living in this tiny little apartment but i would make these videos for attorneys and dentists and it was like low quality but the amount of value that i was going into and breaking down everything they needed it's like those videos ended up making me hundreds of thousands of dollars because i was just i'm not gonna go spend all this money to build this big studio without clients like i'm just gonna take the action get out there i'm gonna get better at it the more i do this the more i work that muscle, I'm going to get better at communicating and showing value and start to like strike a chord with people. And so I'll show my students some of my first videos and they're like, wow, because they see me now, like you're so well-spoken, you have a podcast and a platform, like guys, you I, can create your own platform right now. You, it's literally in your pocket. Dude, I literally, 300 and something episodes on DDD podcast. Still to this day, every 10th podcast is probably me setting up a phone right there and being like, hey, we're in Chicago. Like, you be a good guest. Let's do it. <laughs> and so like, you know, you'll be listening. It'll be good audio or whatever. And then that's like a phone. I'm like, and guess what? Did you like the podcast? Maybe you had to like turn up your volume on your phone. This one. I don't even care, dude. Like, like the people that what gets in your way is you care too much. And I think people care too much about the wrong things. Like you said, you're getting in the way. Like we're not listening, but, but the reality is, is we're actually freaking ourselves out more than the customer's like sitting there going, no, I actually want this. And we're like, really, really? You do want this? Like, they're like, yeah. Like realize there's people that want your service. There's people that want your product. There's people that want to do business with you. If you show up authentically with good values and like you're, you're, you care. And so it's like, you're getting in your own way because you don't think somebody's going to write you a check for 20 grand or for, for hundred grand or for whatever you were selling 50 bucks. They will. And then go deliver, and then they're going to tell their friends, and then do it again, and more, and more, and more.
we always say out care the competition. That's what it always comes down to. Because when people know that you're actually listening, your heart's in it, you actually care about them, and you generally know that you can solve their pain and actually give them a solution, they will buy from you. Yeah, care more about them yes. and how they look than caring about how you and how you look. And that's when my business really grew because I was like, oh, I think I can get 3,000 from this customer. You know, I'm gonna really focus on that. And then like, I wouldn't land that deal. And I remember my very first client that I got, it was a limousine company out of Los Angeles. And I was just cold calling because like my mentor at the time was like, if you ain't got business, you better be on the island and phone. Yeah. get on the freaking phone. And I was like, what am I gonna say? He's like, I don't give a shit. Get talk on the phone and talk to people. So I did. And I started calling about the fifth, after about the fifth or sixth person, like kind of hung up on me or didn't answer. Finally, this guy, Andy, still, he was still a client until about a year ago, he actually passed away, but he was a client for like five or six years. And I said, hey, I got this, you know, I noticed that you have limousines and party buses and are, are those fully booked out all the time? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, what are you doing to solve that? He's like, I don't really know. We're doing this, 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 and this. And I said, well, what's working and what isn't working? So, well, we're getting a little bit of traction from, you know, hotels and meet with concierge. But other than that, I don't have like a proven system. I said, well, I'd love to come out and buy you guys lunch and just see if my system could add value to your business. That's like literally all I said. And he's like, yeah, sure. Come, come down and spot. So I remember going down there. I didn't have a big presentation figured out. I, you know, I, th I didn't even have like a button down shirt, I think at the time. And just showed up in my little old beat up Toyota pickup truck. I parked down the street so they didn't see me and walked in and just sat down and we just started asking them questions about their business. And I found out like they didn't have websites that converted. They didn't have any SEO figured out. And I said, well, like this is what your competitors are doing. Would you like me to do that for you? Because this is how much traffic they're getting. He's like, absolutely. You know, what, what's the cost? I said, well, you have these five different, you know, services that you want to provide. Let's build out a channel for each one of those. And they're about a thousand bucks a piece. He's like, Fantastic. Let's start with two. I said, great. Which two do you want to start with? He said, party buses and luxury and luxury cars. I said, great. So he wrote me a check for 2000 bucks right there on the spot. I, we weren't even talking about numbers. Like, what do you actually need? You need two systems. Fantastic. Wrote me a check. I couldn't even believe it was happening. I went out in the parking lot, got in my old truck and was like, just started bawling. Cause I was like, this is a real thing now. Like that was like the first success that i had had in my entrepreneurial journey. And when I look back at that conversation, it was me literally just sitting down listening to them. And actually, I knew that I could give them the service that they actually needed, not what I wanted to sell them or what that monetary value needed to be. And so I think over the years, I mean, eventually we got to pay $5,000 a month for like six years. So cool. I mean, do the math on that. And literally would, would have continued to be my client, but he got hit on a motorcycle and, and died. But, um, you know, we built a great relationship out of that. And, you know, some of my clients from my agency that are still with me today are literally the ones that I built the deepest relationship with. Yeah. Where we talked about climbing and their family and I tell my I tell my customer success people, I say, Do you realize that they never even use this, but they just pay because they like me? Like some clients, I'm like, I guarantee you, they like just like me and that's why they pay. Because <laughs> I'm like, when was the last time you talked to them? Well, like six months ago. I was like, okay. So let's like, we'll look at this thing. But like you call, I call them up and they're like, bro, yeah, man. Like, I'm like, I'm like, God, how do we help you more? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I care more than you care. And I was like, but, but there's this loyalty to like, I have a relationship with them where I can call them up. They can call me up and I think they know me, but I'm like, well, how do I scale that? So now it's like the next level is like, how do I teach my sales guys to then have relationships with each one of their people? How do I teach my success team how to have a relationship with each one of their people? So I actually fly my customer service people around the country 
and meet with every one of our customers. Wow. So they literally go to the companies, they film, they edit, they work with them, and then they call them every freaking month. And I said, your job is to be their partner, not their like customer success person that's in India, but you are a partner with them to make sure that they are having a success of this. Um, and so like, I found that that's been like a huge, and our retention is like stupid. Like I'm like, they should cancel. I don't know why they're still paying us, but they just, we have such a good retention system, which that creates the reoccurring, which then that creates some security for you to scale. hundred percent. And it goes back to that like, no and trust. People really overlook that and people just say, oh, work with people you like, no and trust. But like, there is so much that goes into that, right? Cause they're going to like you first. And that's the only reason why they're going to buy. And then eventually they're going to get to know you. And then eventually they're going to get to trust you. And when you can hit all three of those, it's like, that's when you build lifelong partnerships. That's when you build lifelong clients. And people really got to look at like relationship equity and looking at it at the long term. And it's like, if you're trying to get that sell or that partnership like day one, like it probably ain't going to happen. Your closing rate's going to drop a lot. But when there's rapport and build up or uh, follow up, and you genuinely care about them to know that your product will fit. It's like, that's when you see businesses really start to scale. And like with abundance, we have an entire team that is really like reaching out and checking up and accountability calls and connecting people into the group. And there's been people in our group that have never taken action, but are so grateful to be here. Cause like, I just love being around you people. Like I just love being around like the high energy and the positivity and the abundance mindset and the events that you guys do. And like, but it's improved my marriage. It's improved my physical well-being. It's improved my mental well-being just because I grew up in a very toxic world and just being able to hear your guys' calls, like that's enough for me. That was worth the investment. And like, I never looked at that before, but we started doing like a lot of outreach to really find out like where people are at. And that was some of the conversations we're getting back. Like, I don't even care about the business. I just want to be around you guys. I thought, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. That's literally like when you come to that realization sometimes of like, why are my customers continuing to pay me? And that's the realization you get. You're like, cool. Because are you in a business where it's just to give them a service or is it to create change and transformation in them? And I had that moment. I, I take masterminds all over the world and we're in Guatemala. And, you know, we have a CEO group of about 90 CEOs right now. And I look at this lady and she was like, Sam, I, I paid you your you know, 30, 50 grand or whatever she paid. And she's like, I signed up for this thinking I'm going to get business training, but you've changed my life. And I was like, so did we give you the bit? She's like, I don't even like pay attention to half your business shit. It's good, but I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid on this stuff. Yeah. And her business in turn has 20 X over the last three years. You know what I mean? And I have my film guy right now in Maryland filming her as the story. And I was like, you know, this short little CEO running a roofing company, you know, just barely getting by life completely in a new trajectory three years later. And she was like, I will forever pay you. She's like, I don't care what you do. I just will be there. So when we went to Peru, she's like, I'm there. What is ayahuasca? <laughs> and she was stoked out of rep in mind. And she was like, I just need to be around you all the time, whatever it is. And I'm like, cool. Because everything I do is intent is to create change mm -hmm. and create an impact and create a difference for somebody. And that's what people will really see. Like you said, with that consistency of, of showing up for your people and showing up for yourself, it's like when they see that continue to happen, it's like, wow, Sam and his people are the real deal. And so many people are so transactional and want that quick win. It's like, like you said, you can only 
convince people or trick people or get people to buy into you for six months, a year, but it never lasts. Yeah. It never lasts. And, um, you know, for first time entrepreneurs that are getting started, I think that's my biggest challenge to them is like, thanks for the long term, because in this world, we're taught to think short term, like, how do we get those quick dopamine hits? It's like, how do we get those quick wins? Most people are only looking six months to a year into the future. When you start looking like five years, 10 years, do you want to be doing exactly what you're doing right now in 10 years? If not, you need to change it. If you're like within a toxic relationship that you don't see being with them for 10 years, why are you in it right now? I think so you many know? people are in such short-term games. Like they know in their heart of hearts, this isn't where they want to be, but they're not willing to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a, you know, in the heart of hearts, I knew I wasn't supposed to be with my first wife, even before we got married. And that was a hard thing to be part of, to, to finally come to the sense of like, why did I drag this out so long? And everything happened exactly what was supposed to happen, but like, I was so afraid of what everybody was going to think, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew in the heart of hearts, I didn't want to be doing, you know, solar sales forever. And, and I was like, what is, and, and, and challenging yourself and saying, what is it? What is it? What is it that is your next chapter? What is it that you're, you know, real calling? And I wrote a book called The Self-Experience. And I'd highly recommend going and checking that out. It's with an XP, not EXP, but it's on Amazon or our website or whatever. But it's all about really coming to the conclusion of like, what's your own self-experience? It's like, what's your, what is your experience going to be for you? Because if you're just experiencing everybody else's life, but you've never really tapped into your own, you're going to watch the years go by and be like, free, where did time go? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what, what? Like, why did I waste so much of my life grinding and, and living someone else's dream and not being stoked? So like for me, I intentionally live. I have a lifestyle design. It's a six page template on a sheet and it's freaking sick. And every day I'm like, how do I, how do I create life? And the coolest part about entrepreneurship, in my opinion, is it's when you finally woke up to like, you are a creator. Mm -hmm. And we all have a creator in us. We're built to be creators. Um, and that's when you kind of start waking up to that. It's so powerful when you can embody that because we are creative. We're either creating for somebody else or we're creating for ourselves. And when we are in those positions that we know that we don't want to be in, we're continuing to create somebody else's retirement, somebody else's dream, somebody else's business somebody else's motive and but we just get entrenched in it and when you can just challenge yourself to really like kind of jot that down of like what the ideal life would look like for you and if what you're doing today isn't going to get you closer to that then it's like time to make change and it's really hard to look in the mirror and we want to complain about all the things that are happening to us but it's in our control yeah you know, in extreme ownership, he talks about everything is your fault, whether you're successful or whether you sell, it's your fault. So like when you can just own up to that, that's when it actually gets exciting and empowering because in those times where, you know, people stole from you or people are trying to like come at you, it's like you understood, okay, well, now I know I don't need to do business with them. That was a learning experience. I'm glad we figured that out now instead of in 10 years when you could have hurt me in a, in a, in a deeper way. And it allows you to learn from that and say, okay, now we're going to take control of this aspect of our life and business. And I'm glad I'm learning it at, you know, 32 years old, 33 years old, because yep. I won't have to deal with that at 60. And when you really start to flip the script and think about it in that way, it becomes empowering because 
we have the energy and the gumption at this age to like really power through it. And this is like our prince phase where we're building our empire. And like, we have the army, we have the energy, we have the resources, we have the brain power to like go through these things. So I'm all about it. I'm just like, bring it on. Let's, let's get through it. Let's build it now because we have the energy to do it to where then we are 60, we are spending time with our grandchildren. And like, we've gone to that growing, we can pass that knowledge onto our children. When I lost my dad, I was like, you know, angry about it and felt like, oh, I didn't learn enough. I didn't have that guidance, but I've learned so much from his absence that it's allowed me to expand even in a bigger way because I've had to go out and seek more knowledge. And now I'm going to be able to take all the knowledge that I've learned in my lifetime and pass it on to my son. And like, that is our job as parents, as leaders, as business owners, as partners is to get better so that we can pass that on and then we can continue to change the world faster. Like we're shortening those gaps with technology and communication and social media. And it's like, if we're using those superpowers for good, then we're living the world a better place than when we found it. And I think that you're totally on that path. That's why we vibe so well together. And I'm excited about all the things we're going to do together in the future. Thanks. So, um, yeah, bro. Well, thanks for being on the show. That was, that was fire. It's always great spending time with you and, uh, yeah, lots of big things coming. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you guys listening. And if you guys want more help, like reach out to us and Tagger and on Instagram or DD experts on YouTube or um, here to support, you know, like I think collectively we're all fighting a good fight and Chance is a good one. Chance is a, a good one to follow and make sure you're uh, drinking this Kool-Aid. He's got a good heart. So I appreciate that, brother. Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in another Abundance podcast episode we're here at the hive in salt lake and uh thanks again for live season studio and uh we're seeing you guys on the next episode